Hey, Karen, Adam. Uh, I saw that you guys are covering Ice Princess, and I couldn't not leave a voicemail for you guys. This movie is iconic. The soundtrack is iconic. The outfits are iconic. Um, this movie gave me, like, a weird sense of, like, confidence when I was a kid. Um, like, growing up, I saw it in theaters, I want to say, like, four or five times. I don't know how. I just did. But <laughs> um, it's just an amazing piece of cinema. And you got Joan Cusack, you have Kim Cattrall, you have Michelle Trachtenberg, Hayden Panettiere, full of queens. This movie is full of queens. It should be called Ice Queen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thanks for covering iconic cinema. And bye. Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, Seltzercast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi everybody, welcome back to No Mom, I'm Giving Up Your Dream. This is Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam. And today we covered a true childhood classic, another Kira teen girl canon. Um, and we have our friends from the Girls Like Us pod to come and talk about it with us. Hello guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us guys. Yeah, this is we're so very excited. excited. <laughs> So do you guys just want to, like, introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about the pod that you guys have? Or Sure. So um, we host the Girls Like Us podcast. So we originally started off covering the Click series, um, and we're now covering Pretty Little Liars, but we also cover a bunch of just other, like, random YA books and... Um, I would say that we are pretty firmly entrenched within the Zillennial canon in terms of the the choices of things we cover. We're talking sleepover. Um, Sophie, give me some others. What else have we talked about? Yeah, I mean, if it at any point, you know, was marketed toward girls under the age of 14 in the early 2000s, you know, we've talked about it or we will at some point talk about it. Um, so we... Uh, this is fun. We did some John Green stuff recently. John Green, I feel like, kind of holds, at least at one point, maybe held a chokehold on uh, Zillennials, particularly Zillennial women. So we do some of that. We watch movies on our Patreon, and we also watch, like, TV shows. And then just we talk a lot about America's Next Top Model. I feel like that's a pretty yeah. Zillennial text in that it was, like, always playing on oxygen in the years of our youth <laughs> shout out to cable <laughs> yeah it was actually um the sleepover episode that inspired me to dm franny because i was like okay this is exactly a zillennial canon episode and we need you guys to like come talk about something aligned with this so i'm so glad that that um that you guys are on here and that you brought us the movie Ice Princess. So what inspired you guys to bring this specific movie and what memories do you have? 
Well, I kind of, um, as Sophie said, I kind of blew my load before we started recording with with my memories. But I'll just I'll just rehash. Um, I love Ice Princess, and I love it very unironically. Um, the childhood memories I have of it, um, most notably, is that I watched it once while I got like an MRI um <laughs> in like sixth grade uh, that was the like little dvd that i got to watch while they were scanning my brain to make sure i didn't have like a tumor or something you said um, this is the last thing that i can consume before knowing of like my imminent death i want it to be yeah. ice princess absolutely um and by the way everyone good news on the mri um i just fainted because i was so constipated because i had only uh eaten like um you guys know that like red soda do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a cream soda, but it's red. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> no. I do, actually. Okay. Adam knows what I'm saying. It's just like a red cream Jesus soda. Right. I, got it. I know. And I so I had that in a float and then a bunch of like Quaker, um, uh, that Quaker oats cereal. That's not oatmeal. Right. It's like the oat squares. What meal was it? Yeah, I was going to say, that's I'll tell you what it was. It was a me and my mom got in a fight and then then we made up and that was the treat I had was I had like that float. But anyway, that is all to say that I I, I unironically really, really love Ice Princess. Um, and, you know, like all forms of media, it has its flaws, but I think that this is a rare net positive um, movie in the kind of, uh, you know, concerning it in in relation to other similar movies interesting so you think this is <laughs> you think this is one of uh, the rare movies that is actually good is what you're saying uh, uh i'm saying I, for for aimed at women under under 14 mm -hmm. let's say that and i think that the message I think the message is good. Man, I can't... I mean, I'll talk about my personal experience with this movie in a minute, but I, like... To me, the cuts between what are the, you know, the Hayden Penetier and the Michelle Trachtenberg, who clearly learned to ice skate three months before the movie was shot, <laughs> and the professional ice skaters, was so fucking distracting. Like, I spent the whole movie trying to be like, and there she is, <laughs> and there's her body double, <laughs> and they're like, this, I, in terms of that, it doesn't hold up. If this movie is shot in 2020, it's like... They send Michelle Trachtenberg and Hayden Panettiere to camp for three years to, like, prep for ice skating. They're, like, fucking superstars. They have to do, like, Marvel, Marvel right. level training. Exactly. Like, her feet are bleeding in real life every single day. Um, <laughs> so I first saw this movie because it was actually... Okay, so two things. I remember this very specifically. This is the last VHS I ever bought. Um... So this movie, correct me, came out in 2005. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so that, you know, right around the death of the VHS. Um, so my mom bought it for my eighth birthday party sleepover. And I was so excited because they had um, advertised on Disney that the it was coming with an alternate ending. I don't know what the alternate <laughs> ending was. There was not like a sign that said, this is the alternate ending now, but I, 
Um, so I don't know, but I was very excited about that because I was like, we're getting, you know, behind the music on this one. Like they're giving us, you know, different cuts at this movie. And as you know, an eight year old, I was very interested in like directorial vision, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I remember specifically everybody fell asleep while we were watching this movie, except for me and my friend Meredith. And during the scene in which she's like you know, at whatever the big final competition is, Meredith explained to me for the very first time in my life, like what sex was during this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And this is not something I remembered until I sat down today and like cue Disney plus on my TV at 10 AM to watch this. And literally like a full body memory, like shook its way through me. Where I was like, what feels wrong about this? Like, why do I feel <laughs> wrong right now? And it was then that that sort of the darkness of my, you know, childhood living room kind of came to me and I, I understood what my memory was surrounding it. We should get Meredith on the pod and ask for her if she remembers that. I she's she's around. Like I, I'm still friends with her on Facebook. I could send her a message to see what her if she could corroborate this for me. Um, I feel like this was um a movie that I I can't remember what other movie we talked about this with, but it's one of those movies where it's like. Girls like figure skating and gymnastics and also dance or like volleyball and cheerleading. And yeah, I feel like I was like always obsessed with those movies because like I always wanted to do those sports. And it was always just like something that was like, which we'll get back to this. I feel like this movie tackles it really well. It was just something that was just like so unattainable and like expensive and was just like, yeah, I'm just going to watch people do this and live through that. Um, and this was well, definitely... unless you can kind of within two months achieve like professional level. Oh yeah, yeah. ice skating <laughs> through <laughs> yeah. like I don't know gifts that you're given from other people and their parents. Yeah, yeah. When Kim Cattrall pulls up with a new pair of ice skates to bust your feet open, oh then God. you know you hashtag bloody foot. <laughs> but yeah, this was definitely one. I feel like it was always on ABC Family or like Disney Channel and I would just always put it on when it was on and I just I love it. It was definitely and it definitely holds up too and I was really happy about that. Um Adam, you had never seen it before? No, this was my um my first viewing of this movie. I have of course heard of Ice Princess. But I uh, I don't know. I guess I just never got around to it. Cause you said 2005 is when it came out. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was like eight you, at You the entered time. with like, with your mind wiped clean, like an, yes. an ice rink. Well, with the Zamboni, Zamboni just freshly <laughs> upon it. <laughs> yeah, my mind was Zambonied prior to going into this. And um, I, well, my only knowledge of this movie was that my neighbor at the time who i had like a huge crush on back in the day like she like we would talk about movies sometimes and she came over one day like to hang out and she was like we were like because our thing was like we used to play tony hawk pro skater together and (laughs) while we were hot it was it was really (laughs) it was really steamy and like we were (laughs) and we were just talking about movies one day while playing it and she was like have you seen ice princess and i'm like no what's ice princess she's like i'm not to bring it over one day it's like the best movie ever and i'm like dope you should do- you should definitely do that it never <laughs> happened it never happened but um that's my only knowledge of this movie um i don't know should i get into my thoughts i don't know yeah it, sure i guess reactions um 
<clears throat> I really liked this movie. I mean, for for in the context of like what it is, very confined to like 2005 and everything. Um, very wholesome. I was like very surprised at how like it's also like very restrained, which I liked. It wasn't like overtly like um I mean it's definitely like um a little cheesy at points and like emotional, but it it had its heart in the right place, which I really enjoyed about it. And everyone's given like good performances for the most part. Yeah. It's like a, a crazy kind of cast for mm-hmm. uh, you know, the I don't know, because like this uh, was based on a book by Meg Cabot, who, of course, wrote The Princess Diaries. So, so I, I take issue with that. I don't think it was based on a book. There is no evidence of a book. Yes, there's no okay. evidence of a book. She, from everything that I read, she, Meg Cabot developed the story with the woman who eventually wrote the screenplay. Okay, oh, gotcha. Okay. I, um, yeah. I was on her Wikipedia page, just a side note, because I was, like, researching stuff for this. And her Wikipedia article, Meg Cabot's, is flagged for content that is written like an advertisement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And there was like random anecdotes that were like, she was married on April 1st because her and her husband like have an inside joke about like only fools get married or something. Like, (laughs) people think they're seriously writing this on the eve of her divorce. (laughs) People think they're so fucking funny. Whenever they get married and they're like, but this is like, we're not, it's like, this is like, we realize this is weird. Like, we're kind of doing this ironically. (laughs) And it's like, like, I have a friend right now who's planning her wedding and the whole fucking thing. She's like, I don't want it to feel like a wedding. And I'm like, well, bitch, you're getting married. So like, (laughs) at a certain point, you're going to be in white. His grandma is going to be there. Like, it's a fucking wedding. You might as well like have people, I don't know, like bring out the fine china. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is like I- no. This is this is exactly the pod. Just like us going off. Usually, it's just me bullying Adam. I hate yeah. when we- people are ironic about weddings. Like it's like it blows up. I like that just triggered me to like I had to say something. <laughs> Is it because, I, like, uh, you, oh, sorry, never mind. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask, because for more wedding talk, I was curious, like, is it because you like, like, traditional weddings, or, like, is no. it, like, is it just, like, <laughs> the exact, like, being it's ironic? Like, okay. This is the way that I see it. To borrow an analogy, in a way, to our episode that we released today on our podcast, Girls Like Us, uh, Girls Like Us dot show, check out our website, um, <laughs> flagged flagged for advertising (laughs) yeah literally flag me for advertising see if i care at least i'm being blatant about it um it's like when people join a sorority and they're like but i'm not like a regular sorority girl it's like girl you're participating in it like you might as well lean in and just admit that you want to do it you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like i feel like it's disingenuous to be like i'm getting married but i'm not actually getting married it's like well then what why that's how no, I felt right. about, like, being a Disney adult. And then, like, the past two yeah. weeks, I, like, got, like, a Loungefly Disney Parks wallet and a Disney Visa card. And I'm just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah, wow. lean in. Here, I gotta tell you, I mean, this is something we share is is the Duffy fixation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the if you guys don't know Duffy, the I'm sure the wider audience knows about Duffy the Disney Bear. But, yeah. Um, do <laughs> your research. Have... Go on his Wikipedia. Yeah, oh, we wait, both have gelatonies. 
right? Yeah. yeah. I have actually, I have cookie, cookie oh my right God. over here. My girlfriend has gelatoni. Oh my um, God. I just uh, but, ordered Shelly May ears from Tokyo. So I'm excited. That is so cute. Yeah. Um, I, but all that to be said, I looked up on eBay, quote unquote, Duffy wallet and no such thing exists. So I'm very jealous of your, of your wallet <laughs> purchase. It's, I, oh, something that I want to bring up that we all have in common. This is another reason why I texted Adam and said, we need to get them on. You guys, a few weeks ago, were having a conversation about Fast and Furious. And I swear to God, word for word, it is ar- an argument that we have on a daily basis in which Adam aligns with Sophie and I align with Franny in that Adam is the biggest fast head I've ever met in my life. And I am slowly getting through the movies being like, yeah, I'm gonna watch them, but I need to be like sat down and forced. You have to like watch four them. weeks, Kira. You have four weeks. I know. Sean said something about it today to me. Well, Dude, he keeps saying things. We need to watch it. Like we need to get it going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys gonna rent out a theater for Fast Nine? I, I don't know if those COVID deals are still. It's like cheaper to rent out a theater and go with like four people that you like know are vaxxed versus like yeah. to just like buy a regular ticket to well, a movie. I w- it's funny because I have like. Uh, I think at least like 20 different people are like wanting to see it with me. And I was talking yeah. to my friend about it yesterday. I'm like, how are we going to plan that? And he was like, why don't we just like, I'll split a like private theater. And I thought about it. I'm like, why don't we like, I'm going to do it for my birthday. I essentially saw fast eight in a private theater. Cause I was studying abroad in Italy at the time. And I went by myself to like the only English showing in the city the night that it came out. And I bought because, you know, in Italy, it's like every, you know, you can bring anything you want into a movie theater. So on the way in, I brought I bought two 40s and I I bought two 40s and a plate (laughs) of pasta and I brought it into the theater. (laughs) And I was the only so like the only other people there, there were four other people there. And it was like, have you guys ever been to have you have you guys ever been to Italy? No, no. So. I sound like such a study abroad asshole right now. But if you've been anywhere in Europe, I think the phenomena is similar where there's the dudes who like have immigrated that week who are selling bracelets to tourists in the streets. So it was me and like four of those dudes who were like at the only English language showing a fast. And they were all sitting together looking at me as if I were like some kind of terrorist who was about to like... (laughs) like a pasta based <laughs> terrorist yeah because i was like the only white person there like fully in like a leather jacket and like two beanies because it was freezing cold outside with two 40s and a giant bowl of pasta and i was like fucking weeping from the opening credits <laughs> what is so it with you and like pasta based movie experiences because if i remember correctly you also took an edible saw Boo a Medea Halloween and then went to Italy and had squid ink <laughs> pasta. Is that correct? So the, Yo. You're conflating two stories. You're conflating my two worst edible stories, which is the time I took an edible <laughs> to see Boo to a Medea Halloween at midnight on a Wednesday, took an Uber across town to get to the only theater that was showing Boo to a Medea Halloween at midnight on a Wednesday. And then the Uber driver pulled into an abandoned parking lot instead of the movie theater. And I thought I was about to get murdered. And then I prompted got inside paid like $20 for a ticket and fell asleep immediately um and then the time I took an edible and I went to Italy and I fell asleep like face down in a bowl of squid ink pasta okay. oh my gosh yes. oh my god 
Yeah. I don't do uh, drugs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I was surprised to learn that because I had only seen this video, like, I guess we had it on DVD. I was kind of surprised to learn that it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys clocked that, but I definitely thought this was straight to DVD. But I guess with a cast like Kim Cattrall and Joan Cusack. Yeah. It's not going to be. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what movie I saw that day, but I remember going to see something. And then my cousins uh, went to go see this. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those like classic like switch off like things and like um so I I do have memories of it being in theaters um yeah but it does kind of like on paper read as like a like a Disney video movie definitely yeah yeah I thought it was a decom like all these years honestly really or like an ABC Family movie how they used to do those like original movies like not just around Christmas yeah. but the, yeah mm-hmm. this is a time in which I feel like those lines are kind of blurry because like. They're really, like, they haven't hit, like, DCOM's really experienced, from my understanding, really experienced a revival in 2006 when High School Musical came out. And they were like, oh my god, we can make a a fuck ton of money off of DCOMs and never even have to do a theatrical release. And I think that's kind of, like, this movie's 2005. And I think had this movie come in a post-High School Musical world, it would have been a decom. But they're still like, in order to make money off of a movie, we have to put it in theaters. That was just my understanding. Yeah. Because it also, and- it's edited to be played on TV. Mm-hmm. Right, definitely. Yeah, there's fade out sometimes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or did I make that up? Um, yeah. This is a funny, it's actually a Reddit post, and I found it this morning when I was looking for, like, images to promote this movie, which is just, like, it's impossible to find HD images of anything from this movie. That's so funny, because I was gonna tweet something, like, a stupid joke, and I was, like, looking, same thing for HD images, and I Mm -hmm. ended up giving up, because I was, like, it's, like, you can't find that bloody foot in, no. in 4K. <laughs> no. Yeah, there are like certain movies that we cover that I genuinely like have difficulty promoting because there are just no yeah. HD images. Like when we did Hoodwinked, one of the only HD images was from a blog that, um, what was it again, Adam? Kira the, Kurosawa. Like a yeah, pink, and a Kira like Kurosawa updates blog because <laughs> so Hoodwinked up. like takes inspiration <laughs> from Rashomon. So they wrote an article about Hoodwinked, and that was one of the only HD images. But So I found this random um, Reddit post, and it definitely reminded me of um, you guys. And it's just, it's a year ago, and it's just a screenshot of Disney Plus, like very clearly when Disney Plus first launched. And it says, it's on um, the Sex and the City subreddit. And it says, how did I not know Kim was an ice princess, the decom? It was one of my favorite movies growing up. And then uh, somebody commented on it. What a throwback. I saw this in theaters with my friend and her somewhat conservative mother and her friend. I recognized Kim immediately since elementary school me would sneak Sex and the City reruns on E whenever I could. (laughs) After the movie... The mom and her friend were trying to figure out where they recognized Kim, and I almost blurted it out. She's Samantha, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so the interesting thing about this Cattrall performance is that, like, I, I've never seen a Kim Cattrall performance that was this, um, 
what's the word I'm looking nuance? for? Nuance? Yeah, like nuance and refined. I texted Franny while I was watching the movie. I was like, this girl has range. Like, I really never thought of her as she an actress with range. She put her whole range. this one. <laughs> no, she you know, only like... put half of it in because she was being restrained. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I like, you know... And I, I'm sure your listeners are kind of up to date on the SJP Kim Cattrall drama. You know, Kim Cattrall is not going to be in the reboot of Sex in the City. And what I was thinking while I was watching this, because, you know, the famous kind of feud is that Kim Cattrall felt left out and she felt ganged up on by SJP and Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis. But I know Sarah Jessica Parker, she's obviously had a great career, but Kim Cattrall, she kind of ate it up in this and... I bet Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis are, I bet they were a little bit jealous because this was a great performance. And like she, oh, well, Sophie, say what you said earlier that you found on IMDb, that the crazy birthday. Yeah. Did you guys read the IMDb trivia for this movie? No. So I've been tripping out on this all afternoon because it had one of the strangest pieces of IMDb trivias that like literally had me walking around in sort of like an existential hole earlier. So... Kim Cattrall and her movie daughter, Hayden Penetier, share a birthday of August 21st, right? Not too weird on its head. But then, and this is the kicker, Michelle Trachtenberg and Joan Cusack share a birthday of October 11th. So both (laughs) mother-daughter pairs in this movie share the same birthday. That's, yeah. that's, I, I like feel that. like that's almost intentional. Yeah. Like that they did that on purpose somehow. How could they have done that on purpose? <laughs> they looked I, through their resumes. Yeah. It, it just happened to work out that it was four good actresses. <laughs> what happened to Michelle Trashenberg? Other than she was on Gossip Girl and then what happened? We to were her? just talking about this on 17 again, where she plays yeah. Zach Efron's yeah. daughter. Yeah. I think that um, was one of the last times I saw her. I, yeah, because yeah. on, on her IMDb, when I was, like, doing the research, it was, like, just a few TV appearances here and there, like ABC or TNT shows, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, she's really not in movies anymore. Um, no clue why. Uh, but She, uh, from what I saw, I'm, I might be conflating her with some other, like, old DCOM actresses I was, I was reading about today, but I believe that she is, like, doing some, like, minor television directing. Oh. Like, she'll direct episodes of, like, shitty syndicated CW shows. I mean, from right. what I see. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah, kind feel- of, like, sorry. Adam. I was just saying, like, I feel like a lot of actresses or actors, like, kind of advanced, or not, maybe not advanced, but they transition more to, like, TV directing sometimes. And that seems like a yeah. decent, because, like, she also grew up a very, like, Z Cannon star. Like, mm-hmm. she had this role a few times. Not exactly Ice Princess, but, like, the daughter or, like, the lead role. Like, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if she just got tired of it and she wanted to, like, try something new. Yeah. Yeah. She has this, like, amazing vibe where she just, like, looks like somebody that you, like, went to high school with. And yeah. I wow. feel like a yeah. lot of, like, her relatability is that she's always wearing, like, a fitted zip-up hoodie and she always mm-hmm. puts her hands in it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's definitely, like, a signature of hers, and it's just extremely 2000s, like, especially, like, how fitted the zip-up hoodie is, and how she has, like, all different colors, like, in so many different roles, even in Seventeen again, like, she put her hands in the hoodie, and she was, like, crying into it and stuff, and, like, (laughs) that's a signature role right there. She's certainly believable as, like, I mean, obviously she's beautiful, 
Um, but she is believable as like a, you know, kind of nerd to popular girl, mm-hmm. um, you know, stereotype. Though what I will say with this movie, and I think this is part of what I like about it so much, is I feel like it breaks or maybe I don't even subverts a lot of the classic kind of like arcs and set pieces of teen movies, Um, Mm. especially, you know, and you know, if you guys listen to GLU, we're always talking about queer readings of stuff. I feel like there are quite a few moments that you could read as queer in this, but like just taking it at face value, um, there is a love interest, but he really does come like, almost, I would say, like, third place between, you know, her relationship with ice skating, then her relationship with, like, her mom slash Kim Cattrall, and then and then he's there. So this man Sophie's is not in the movie. Head. This man is not in the movie. Like, he's essentially... Well, he drives the Zamboni. Okay, the most... I have to bring this up. The really Zamboner. Quick. I, like, <laughs> I'm gonna embarrass myself by singing really quick, but today I was kind of... I... I was alerted that a a cultural touchstone that I thought was like a universal like thing that everybody knew like is in fact quite obscure and actually nobody knows it so did you guys ever go to like hockey games as kids yeah yeah like once or twice yeah so I spent a lot of time in hockey rinks as a kid because my um my brother played hockey and my dad was like always the coach of the team my dad's like big hockey guy like you know played all throughout not his as big life as my, dad. my uh, dad we're not talking about that we're not talking about that <laughs> um but the song that they always play when the zamboni is driving around i want to drive the zamboni okay i want to <laughs> drive the zamboni and it's like a country song <laughs> that is essentially about a man who one day walks into an ice rink and approaches the manager and asks if he for free can like drive the zamboni and that's the I whole song. In you know, at, at my college, like hockey was our big sport. So I went to my fair number of, of games. And when the Zamboni played, like there was never a Zamboni specific theme <laughs> they song. They didn't play that song? <laughs> no, it would be like, like, da, 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 da. And then the announcer I... would be like, look above you for the skyline chili. <laughs> like, helicopter drop. Yeah, that was like, kind of like my. would float down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard the Zamboni song before because um for Mike Myers movie club I watched this like one we were like just like grasping at any last thing that we could get in Mike Myers career towards the end and there was a movie called Mystery Alaska where he literally had really a cameo movie. in it you've seen it yes I didn't like it but really? Mike Myers was in it for 5 oh seconds God. no joke and it's about hockey like it's about like a hockey team and i guess it's like kind of charming but the zamboni like there's like people like hooking up in zambonis and stuff and i'm pretty sure the song is in the movie or like i guarantee you yeah or like we just went down some like weird like rabbit hole after and just like found that because i remember like looking up like even just like on ebay like looking up t-shirts that were like i love my zamboni driving like <laughs> husband or something when, you know, he, when the boyfriend I'm gonna... I'm just, just going to go out on a limb and say that there's probably, I would say, less than five pieces of, of 
specifically Zamboni related music material. So I think it's very <laughs> possible that that song was in that movie. <laughs> I think there's probably just one, and I think it's uh, there are multiple versions. If I want to drive, the I want to drive like, the Zamboni. It's you're not even singing it right, dude. You just <laughs> listen to the link. I, I was singing too. it in the in the tune of "Let's All Go to the Lobby." Oh my god! No, it's I uh, no. This song, it's like there are covers. It's like any good, you know, folksy country song wherein like one guy wrote it in the 40s and then like somebody else got famous singing it in the 60s and every 20 years there's a new like groundbreaking cover of I Want to Drive the Zamboni. <laughs> when will they do like a hyper pop remix of it? Literally. Uh, like, like I'll make it. A hundred gecks. Drive that Zamboni for me. <laughs> Stupid Zamboni, I just with the, with the boyfriend crests over the hill at the end with the Zamboni is one of the most like I felt like I was tripping watching that scene. And once again, it was 10 a.m. and I was drinking my coffee while I was watching this movie because I was like, wait, is he on the Zamboni? Is he like on a fake Zamboni? How does how did the Zamboni get there? Like, if the Zamboni goes <laughs> on that pond, it is going to crack through. Yeah. Like, dude, that stressed <laughs> me out. I was like, this pond is not fucking thick enough, like, to support like, especially because I was like, so what? They're in Connecticut, right? Like, they're in the East Coast. I was like, yeah. I don't. It hasn't been cold for that long. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is not like a thick layer of ice. Yeah. Also, she's like, and then he just left it on there. Yeah, I was like confused about like the timeline of it because so it starts with her, and not to like get into logistics because I don't like to like nitpick when it's like a kids movie, but this timeline just makes mm-hmm. zero sense, and I feel like it being winter is like extremely important in this movie because it's ice. Yeah. But so in the beginning, she's ice skating and it looks freezing out, and then like immediately after that they cut to like the lake being thawed and like it's just a regular lake and then it's like she's still wearing like bundled up like clothes and then her mom is like it's the first day of school and then like two months later the lake is frozen again frozen enough for a zamboni to be driven over it so i'm just like extremely confused yeah this is hurting my head I I paid special attention to the timeline because it also confused me. So from what I understand, this is what it is. So in the beginning scene, which first of all, we need to talk about the beginning scene because she's, you know, What's kind that of song this- that plays. I don't know, but I always thought that song. I always thought it was Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. Me too. And yeah. so when I watched this, I was like, I queued it up, like really expecting to feel that release of like hearing Breakaway. Can I just say, and then it- I think it's because the, Breakaway played in the trailer for this movie. Oh. I think that's why. Yeah. I have a weird suspicion, and I don't know if this is, like, ever able to be... Like, I don't think we could ever corroborate this, but I think that perhaps Breakaway was originally in this scene, and perhaps when they either, like, took it to DVD or put it on Disney+, Plus, they had to change the song. You're like, we can't, if we say the words break away and then a Zamboni drives on the ice, that's going to leave a bad association. Well, I'm just thinking like rights wise, because for some reason, yeah. and I might be like Mandela affecting myself, but I was like convinced that I was about to hear break away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the opening scene, right? It's like this dream sort of sequence of like, she's skating. She loves skating. It's winter. Then that sort of exists outside of space and time. Like we just meet the fact that she, you know, 
is a girl and she likes skating and her mom, you know, tells her to come inside. And then we know it's the end of the school year when the actual action of the movie starts because that yeah. physics professor is like, you're calling his physics. Um do a project over the summer. And then she goes home and she's like, it's the summer now. What am I going to do for this project? And that's when she starts, you know, going to the rink, acquainting herself with Kim Cattrall and Hayden Penetier. And then like the bulk of the action takes place throughout the school year of the next year, because that's when Joan Cusack is like, it's your last first day of school. I'm going to make pancakes with real flour. Um, (laughs) And then, the end, once she competes in all of the competitions, the final competition is, like, the end of what is her senior year of yeah. school, right? That's what I was yeah. thinking was happening. But it is confusing because it's, like, there is never any time indicator and it almost feels outside of time because we're always in this, like, freezing cold rink. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess it's also, like, um, because... Like, in competition movies, it's always, like, oh, you made, like, the, like, semifinals, and then you're gonna make the finals, and it's, like, they're not gonna show, like, all the training, like, in between, like, they need to have, like, the, like, climax and, like, the conclusion, like, they can't just, like, be, like, training, and then, like, the same amount of training, like, it can't be like that, so... Um, one thing, Sophie, about, like, Breakaway and the Mandela effect, so I went into this waiting for this one song that has been stuck in my head since 2005, and it was not in this movie. Can you sing it to me? Yeah, it's like, when things get messed up, you wanted to give up, go figure, um... I swear to God. You have to sing the tune for me. I know that you're avoiding doing that. (laughs) It's like, it's not in my octave. It's like, when things get messed up, you wanted to give up, go figure. Do you guys, okay, is that from a different figure skating movie? I think there's a movie called Go Figure. There is. Okay, because I think that was on, I think that was a decom. I think that was on, like, my Girls Rock CD, like, you know, like, the denim CD. Yes. yeah. Yeah, I think it was on that, but I was, like, I fully went into it expecting to hear that song and i have no idea wow i really think that's a go figure is also 2005 and it's also a disney movie and it's it looks like it's a girl who does hockey and ice skating yeah they already had the rinks rented out and they were like (laughs) might as well just pump another project through here (laughs) i'm like should i like sing this into um i don't know um but i was like scrolling through the soundtrack and i was like that like in the middle of the movie i was like this has to be on the soundtrack and i have no idea what it is like um yeah yeah it's like this this soundtrack of this movie i would say that in my mind i was like oh this is scored by ali and aj that's how it felt to me even though yeah. i don't think that's necessarily true should we talk about the the unexpected now this is a cover of a bjork song but there yeah. is a bjork song in this <laughs> i don't think it's a cover it's are you sure Bjork, I felt like it was a cut co- is a cover of like a classic song but i only that, associate it with bjork so this was yeah. bjork's voice no okay. this was this was a cover by um like i forget her name but uh i was watching it with subtitles and somebody else's name came up and i was just like what this is just somebody yeah. like doing bjork's voice <laughs> while covering that song my and Kira, I know you said, like, you don't like to nitpick with the plot, which I, I do. There were two things 
that I'd like to call out with the plot that I was like, come on now. Number one, Joan Cusack is like, I didn't go to college and I want you to go to college. And yet she is a college professor is the one thing that I will say. (laughs) Maybe the job market's a little different in 2005, but (laughs) today she would have to fully have a PhD to do that. Yeah. Um, Number two is, you know, um, Michelle Trachtenberg is, is, um, she is at first not going to do the recital because she's, I think, trying to like not fall too far into her love of figure skating. And then she goes to Kim Cattrall and she's like, I want to do the recital and it's day of. And I'm like, how were, did you, how were they going to do it without you then? Cause she is a main fixture. Like she's choreographed into this, into this uh, recital routine. I didn't understand that either. Yeah. Her and yeah. that boy, the <laughs> one boy in the class. The, the boy dressed as a leaf. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was very funny the first time I heard the Bjork version of that because I was like, I have heard this song and like I feel like just so like vividly in my head is like Michelle Trachtenberg just going like shh shh and just like that's just like such a big memory in my head and it was hilarious being like that was Bjork and then now finding out that that was not Bjork. It was somebody covering the song as made famous in my brain by Bjork. It was a woman named Lucy Woodward who strangely has a lot of like soundtracky covers where like she sings a song on a soundtrack that is like not actually that is like meant to sort of emulate the artist but is not actually like that of the artist. That's so interesting. Um yeah, at first I <laughs> I thought like first I like connected it to Ice Princess when I first heard it and then I was like oh I feel like Zoe Block skates to that and it's cool as hell because that means oh that she's gosh. like a Bjork fan also like while she's goth and an e-girl and then I was like no it's just like the little flower dance that they do we we gotta talk about Zoe Block yeah now this this is another way in which this so a few ways in which this movie breaks, like kind of the stereotypes. So Hayden Pantier, she is the mean girl, but she's not that mean. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of snobby and rude. But I like her and Michelle Trashenberg's friendship. Um, second of all, Zoe Block, who's the mean bitch of the ice skating world, is like goth. And I thought that was very fun. I was like, this goth ice skating bitch, like, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is she? What does she dance to again? Um, to Trouble by Pink, which is like a go-to yeah. movie trailer song, and then um, Toxic. Toxic. Yeah. yeah, right. That's so cool. I like her. Um, she has like a massive nose ring. Like, yeah, <laughs> it looked it's painful. Huge. Yeah, Was it's that- catching I, the light every yeah. turn. Yeah. What did you guys also think? I would say that. Another character who I was like, this was genuinely funny, was the character of, of of course, the flying shrimp or the jumping shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. Who is this little, like, she appears to be a few years younger than the rest of the girls. And she's this little redhead who is just obsessed with branding. And I thought that that was very funny and cute. Yeah. Yeah. She's, like, unhinged. And it's kind of hilarious because, like, I like the inclusion of, like, the parent characters, um, because I feel like then Mm -hmm. it kind of, like, even though, like, the other girls aren't on screen a lot or whatever, I feel like including, like, their parents and, like, their relationship with their parents, even as, like, small screen time they get together, it really, like, gives you backstory as to, like, why they skate and, like, why they act the Mm -hmm. way they do and stuff, and I do think... Poor Tiffany. Yeah. 
Yeah. Her dad took out a mortgage, a second mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the jumping shrimp, um, I find the juxtaposition between them walking into a rink for the finals and like the song from like the Joker stairs playing and then immediately cutting to the jumping uh. shrimp was it was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very good. Yeah. It you know, and, and you brought this up earlier, but like the money aspect of this is really interesting because they really do not shy away from being like, hey, like skating is expensive. It's like thousands of dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I liked about it. It was like it, it didn't like shy away from that at all. And mm-hmm. that also like went to like the whole like the, the drama between like all the parents and the kids like towards the end of the movie, which even though like Joan Cusack's like, I mean, we already kind of talked about it, like, but her thing with like, I want to provide for you better than like what I've already or, like I've wanted to provide better, even though like mm-hmm. they have like a very nice house and she has a great education right. and yeah. everything. But like you still did, I guess, feel it in that moment where it's just like, um, it all definitely like played a factor to it. And I did like that aspect of it. Like it, it, the drama felt like a little bit more realized and like human, I guess in that moment, which is good. Yeah. Cause there is a lot writing on it and you get why, because Kim Cattrall's character, we learn what's her name, Tina, Tina Harding and Tina Hardwick, Tina Hardwick, which is supposed to sound like Tanya Harding. Yeah, so right. she yeah. was disqualified <laughs> for, possibly cheating we don't really know but she like injured another girl during the warm-up round and so she was disqualified from skating so she feels like a lot of her like legacy lies on her daughter hayden like you know being really good at skating um so there and the stakes are high because like yeah like there's money involved there's status um it is a very like high drama sport and i think similarly to kira you're talking about like gymnastics and cheerleading these are all like uh like a genre of sports in which like young girls bodies are like always like at the risk of death basically Mm -hmm. i mean not you know and i guess you could say that about any sport but like there's a lot of like potential for really really serious injuries um that you kind of do to yourself in those sports versus like in other sports, like where you like might like collide on with someone. Um, Yeah. It's just an interesting, like the stakes are really high on across all levels. And I thought that they did a really good job of kind of expressing that. And I also liked um, that one scene with um, when Kim was saying like, you know, by the time I was 26, like it was done. Like you, like there's a time limit here. Like even John Cusack's character is like, so like, what's the deal? Like you play for a few years and then you do like a has-been tour and then you're done forever. Like that's your shelf life. And I also like that aspect to it because it like, again, it felt like a very like naturalistic conversation that like parents Mm -hmm. and like kids would have with each other. And like that anxiety of like wanting to pursue your passion, but not necessarily knowing if it's, worth in the long run i thought i I really enjoyed that aspect of it we're just gonna really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors thanks guys the thing that did frustrate me about this movie though is that like okay so like we open on this girl who is like really good at physics and like that's her whole thing they're like the teachers are like you gotta apply for this physics scholarship She's better than any other student at physics. She's a great student. She's a mathematician. She tutors a bunch of kids in math. But then the whole point of the movie seems to be like, like she gets really good at figure skating using the help of physics, I guess, in like 
a span of what seems to be like four months, maybe like she skips from being a beginner to like competition level with which is like, you know, obviously that's not realistic. But like we said, it's a movie. Um, But then it's like she's like. Just not going to go to college like she's no, going to she take is, classes. Though. She's going to take classes, but like that doesn't count. That's it's like- the same. No. Well, she's she. But I think I. that's why I like it, because I feel like it wasn't she can have both. And, you know, that I think we can get into like whether that is actually realistic for being a competitive athlete, which it's not um, or like going taking Harvard classes, which it would also be not. But like I th- I liked that message because I felt like there was a an equal balance of like you should get educated, but you should also follow your dreams. And like I thought that it it did a good way of honoring like that, like while your parents may not always know what's best for you in, in some ways, a lot of them, they like have like good intentions in mind. So I, I felt like she is going, there was a, a, basically a backup plan or a plan for after figure skating. Because we, I think we all know that she's not good enough to, to really like, she's not going to be in the Olympics. But also it's like, you're in the Olympics for two years. And then for the rest of your life, it's like, you can't figure skate anymore. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you do have to have something. I don't know. It's just, to me, it's like, this girl started doing this like four months ago. Like, maybe pump the brakes. We're like, all of a sudden, they're like, no, this is her passion. Like, yeah, she will give up everything to do this. <laughs> and it's But like, I don't feel like she does give up everything. Like, you know, like, I feel like the fact that they're still at the end, like, we see Kim Cattrall and the mom, like, negotiating. And, yeah. like... Because I feel like this whole movie was kind of about, like, finding balance, essentially, and they do a good job of of showing that at the end. I, I, I feel like she does. She's not throwing everything away to skate. Like, she she's still going to find balance within it. Because yeah. really, she always knew she had it in her, but what was kind of hurting her and pushing her and pulling her in both directions was Kim Cattrall and Joan Cusack. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and another like Zelino canon trope that I like is like when the main character or just a character is like overtly nerdy and everyone else is like the normal person that's weirded out by how smart they are. It's like never do that in front of me again. Like whenever she's like doing a math problem or like the equations yeah. of how like someone will land on the eyes. Like they yeah. just treat like she's like inhuman. Like it's so funny every time. I just hate like there's a couple specific things that really leave a bad taste in my mouth that I just I like tropes I just absolutely can't stand which is one the makeover it's like Michelle Trachtenberg is beautiful for this entire movie and then they do a smoky eye on her and everybody's like whoa what happened you look like a whole different person and it's like she literally just has gray eyeshadow on like I don't like (laughs) it's very very subtle yeah like it just doesn't like stop pushing the ugly duckling narrative with these like fucking girls with hot bodies like i just don't like it and then the uh, like the popular girl always has this just like this confidence that is not characteristic of a teenager like the way that H- hayden penetier's character speaks is so like like it's just this like all of a sudden she's like oh well like you know all these boys like he likes you he likes you like obviously all the boys like and it's like i want to see some like humanity some insecurity out of hayden penetier's character too. we do no we do, not in the way not in a way that's real she's like mm, sometimes i'd feel weird about skating it's like i don't like maybe my issue with this movie is i don't care about skating i'm not impressed by skating it's not like she's 
she's insecure about her relationship with her mom. Mm -hmm. She always feels like she's been second banana. And she feels like she's insecure about herself if she, she's like, my mom, what I think the internal struggle is, she's like, my mom won't love me if I don't skate anymore. So I would say that is an insecurity in its own way. Sure. But I mean, like, the social, like, the social dynamics of insecurity at play. Like, when she's at this high school party and stuff. They're weird. She's hot, but they're, like, these girls, like, who've been skating their whole lives, like, that's kind of all they know. So I do get how that would make someone just, like, weirdly confident in areas where, uh, you know, normally socialized children would not be. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I, that makes sense. I feel like in the 2000s, like, skating is, like, cool. Like, they, like, wear, like, pretty outfits. And, like, maybe she's not, like, being, like, social and stuff. But, like, I don't know. Maybe that's just, like, me projecting on what I thought being a teenager would be like. But, like, <laughs> um... I feel like that's definitely like a like a cool sport, and I would think that like people would kind of be like, "Ooh, I don't know, maybe that's just me." There were some girls but... that skated like in my middle school, and they were all really weird. Oh. Yeah, my my little <laughs> sister. I don't know what made her want to skate, but she skated for like three years, I think, and she enjoyed it for the most part. But like, I think by the time she got to like eighth grade, she's like gave up on it. Um, which is understandable because it, it's as she learned it was like really genuinely tough work and like a strict schedule yeah. that you had to go by and also like the ice rink was like 25 minutes away from us so like it was like really hard to go like go there on like, kind of tuesday afternoon like do homework get there and then get home at like 10 p.m or whatever and then like yeah. on a school yeah. night like it's really it, it takes a lot of people and um this movie like does a decent job at like covering that i think yeah it's um takes a village (laughs) i um i think it's a really interesting like in terms of like class and um like what it does like franny what you brought up about like ruining like girls bodies and stuff like these sports being Mm -hmm. so intense like the whole thing of her getting the new skates as a gift and like yeah specifically either like that was the intention or like that's how she felt because she felt insecure about it um thinking that like kim cattrall was trying to like manipulate like like literally ruin her feet so that like her daughter can place in it and i thought that was like a crazy thing to like include in a kid's movie (laughs) like that that's like a level of manipulation that people will go to but yeah yeah just the whole like absolutely yeah like just the whole like oh she's like helped me along the way and like given me all these things and like how she doesn't even mm-hmm. want to accept the skates and then it like messes her up because of that yeah and that's like like her mom is constantly like you're turning into kim cattrall and like i think that that is just a really interesting struggle because we're not seeing her struggle between being like, let's say like Hayden and being like herself or whatever. It's not a struggle between like nerdy and popular. Like it is a struggle of like, which of these women am I going to trust more Mm -hmm. essentially? And that's like not a dynamic that we always get in, in movies for teens. Like it's not peer pressure really. It's like pressure from adults. And that's a pressure that's even harder to, cause like, I think like, yeah, that the fact that they included that in a kid's movie, it's like, oh, adults can't always be trusted, yeah. quote unquote. You know, like, it's, it's an interesting Well, what did she say at the uh, end? Like, plot point. She's like, I don't have to, like, trust her. I just need to, like, work with her or something, which I thought was, right. like, interesting. Like, it, it was a 
it's a good dynamic to have really like i thought those were like the best scenes of the movie like her interacting with like kim like those were like all the my favorite scenes yeah yeah it was really good um i love the scene when she just goes to uh kim cattrall's house to like confront her and she's just making a salad <laughs> Like she just yeah. like busted her kitchen. Weirdly, like documentary style filming. Yeah. That yeah. Like, it's like, like the, there's like a like two minutes of her just like chopping. I was like, is she gonna cut herself? Did I forget it? And uh, no, it's nothing happens. And then yeah. when when the camera's like on Kim Cattrall's face, it's like a little bit shaky. Like they're doing like yeah. handheld camera work. Yeah, like, so the movie does that a lot. It's really actually. funny. Like I was surprised by that visual choice. Like it does it quite often in the movie. Yeah. Hey, it's tagged on IMDb. Can I read these tags, yeah. Al? Please. Sophie, that They're you found so these. They're so fucking weird. Um, let's see. Um, so the tags on IMDb are, or plot keywords, camcorder, female coach, believe in yourself, bloody feet, Caucasian. <laughs> it is a very white movie. Extremely. <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. I there's only one non-white character i think by camcorder they do mean the fact that like in that one scene she, she does it. have a camcorder but it would be funny if they're like yes this is like found footage this is, a found- <laughs> this is in the cloverfield universe actually yeah, yeah. this sounds like uh yeah. this sounds like saw like Ugh. that we covered last oh my week gosh. sounds exactly like saw but Wait, you covered saw way? last week yeah 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 did you did it gross you out? Um, not really. I was surprised, but I'm scared to watch you the rest of them. You fucking loved it. I yeah, I liked it a lot, but I, um, she would not. I don't. I don't think you would do good with the sequels. Like no, at all. Yeah, no. I don't know. I was considering seeing Spiral, but then I was like, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's my. I've been kind of getting into like for whatever reason my TikTok like for you page has been populated with a lot of Saw content and the people who are really big Saw nerds seem like genuinely like very cool and like I do enjoy hearing about I don't know the lore of it but I could I could not watch it and I but I am going to watch Spiral because my brother wants me to watch it so I'm kind of like prepping myself somehow i feel like it's going to be less graphic than the other saw movies i don't know if that's true um spiral is like it's very standalone like i don't even think you have to even see the first saw movie interestingly enough yeah watch it it's very like if you just like know the concept of what saw is you're good um Mm -hmm. the traps i mean yeah you use it to cut wood i know what the concept (laughs) of saw is um jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) um the traps are like fine there's only like one that made me like actively you saw spiral already yeah i saw it opening night i really i enjoyed it oh is it out already yeah it came out last week oh okay okay i went to a dine-in theater i got plastered for it it was great i love the experience movies are back um (laughs) love seeing us thank you cdc for saying movies are back back. yes (laughs) the cdc and tom cruise yes i will never ever watch any of those movies i read the saw like wikipedia page like a month ago and mm-hmm. haven't been the same since yeah it's not really <laughs> shit yeah yeah I'd, it's not for me I, I would watch it with all the traps cut out i would watch it if it essentially <laughs> just like told me what happened so you'd yeah. like watch 10 minutes of well, like each the, movie yeah the first one <laughs> yeah. is just basically him telling you what's happening like they don't show yeah. a lot of the stuff that they talk about so i enjoyed it but then I'll- i saw accidentally a gif of one of the traps that they explain in the first movie and they don't show 
and, and they then show I, it, yeah. yeah, they showed it. Which in one is movie, it? The reverse the bear, bear trap. Yeah, it's like a bear trap that's like Ooh, hooked to your the, neck, and it like yeah, fucking yeah. impales you. That's yeah. that's the one on TikTok. I I like know about a lot of the names of the traps just because of yeah. TikTok. Yeah, now. I think that's There's like, like the angel. Yeah, the. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's all really grody. And I just want to say, while you guys were watching Ice Princess in 2005, I was watching Saw 2 on Showtime. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, that's, the, di- that's the dynamic difference here. I was being <laughs> How traumatized. How much of it was cut out? None, it was Showtime. It was, it was all there. Oh, yeah, true. I was just a traumatized I remember angel. being scared specifically of... Um, uh, Redbox kind of fueled a lot of my fears of horror movies beca- just because I would see the covers in Redbox. So one of those was Saw 2 with the really gross like the fingernails. Little fingers, yeah. Then, yeah, and then the other one was One Missed Call, which I don't think is a good movie, but if you guys Perfect. look up the poster for that, it fucking freaked me out so the, much. It's like the little creature with the, the phone next to it. Yeah, she has yeah. like big eyes. Yeah. yeah it's And she's like... Uh, but yeah, the Saw one specifically, I was so grossed out by. Yeah. Yeah, that, but it's like whose whose fingers are those? Those, well, those aren't Jake's even fingers. before Redbox. Like that was me. Like if um like so like if I would go to like rent um a movie like Ice Princess or something at a Hollywood Video mm-hmm. or Blockbuster, I'd have to like go past the horror section to get to the yeah. kids section, which is really fucked up. I think they did that on purpose just to mess <laughs> with me. Um and like every time because I was like I've told this before on the pod, but I'm traumatized by Chucky. That was like the one that really got me. Yeah, same, kid. same. And every time. Like, like in 2004 and five, they had Seed of Chucky right on the end. And that cover Honey. is grody. So every time I had to go rent a kid's movie, I had to like run past them, like Naruto run, Ugh. just like down the aisle to not see it. <laughs> Which Gross. Chucky, like, and I haven't seen it as an adult, but like I that was one that I was also like really, really scared of. Mm-hmm. And then it's like as an adult, like you get the impression that it's it's not scary. It's in fact supposed to be quote unquote it, funny. It is very right? funny. Yeah, I have I told this story before, Kira? Like when I saw the SpongeBob movie, and oh, when they accidentally played Chucky or something. Yeah, they act. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went, I, <laughs> I that's went, a class action lawsuit, dude. Dude, it was on. It was on the news. I remember. Like we went to go see the SpongeBob movie. And, <laughs> Sorry, it just hit me. That's so funny. Because like, um, have any of you guys seen Seed of Chucky, or is it? Like, no, no, none of you guys. Okay. <laughs> so that movie. I've um, seen High School Musical like 50 times. Then you're perfect for this pod. Yeah, we. <laughs> um, but so scene of Chucky opens like the opening scene is him like murdering a family because like they get Chucky on Christmas morning and he just like, oh, it gets out of the box and like kills people immediately he like, immediately, immediately just immediately like, he, he kills the dad who's dressed up as santa damn and but like that's like the first, get a lay of the land that's, for that's the first that's the first <laughs> he hasn't two even seen minutes the house. and so like the movie starts when i'm supposed to be watching spongebob so before the parents can like get the managers <laughs> i see a family brutally murdered at like 10 a.m oh in the morning God. on a saturday like <laughs> what is scarier <laughs> what, that experience or seeing midsummer like the opening of which is a similar <laughs> Right, right. (laughs) I mean, I think the eight-year-old. No, I was seven at the time. I yeah, the seven-year-oldness of it all really traumatized me. Midsummer. That's scary. Fucking stupid. (laughs) That movie is so like the more that movie just like the more you think about it, the stupider that you're just like, Jesus Christ, Ari Aster, you're so fucking dumb. Like, (laughs) like yeah, I hate. Maybe I have like a specific like a specific 
kind of anger toward it because I saw it like really like a month after like a family member of mine did commit suicide but it was like I just like he really like because like hereditary the whole shock of it like the little you know spoiler alert if you haven't seen a movie that's like five years old but you know the little girl's head flying off it's a great moment where you're like this is even more fucked up than I even thought it was going to be coming into the movie because right. now we're dealing with real shit. And then, like, you get to Midsummer and he's like, you want to see some real shit? This is, like, the well, most insane way somebody could, like, do a murder-suicide of their entire family. And then you're just like, dude, yeah. any fucking idiot with, like, I don't know, like, an anxiety disorder could have thought of it. But, like, not everybody's putting it on screen for good reason. Well, his whole thing is like he made like he made a short film where um can I say this? Do you guys know what I'm going to say? I know the short you're you can talking cut it about, out. but yeah, the whole premise is it's the the son rapes the dad. Yeah. That's the whole thing. And then and then he's like I just wanted to see what the most fucked up thing I could make was and I was like, "Okay, that's fine, but I don't need to pretend that <laughs> That I respect you. And I liked I liked Hereditary, but same thing. It was like, okay, beat for beat, I felt like it was the same as Hereditary Midsommar was. And I know a lot of people really liked it. And I mean, it was pretty. Like, I did think it was pretty. But yeah, the like head, there was a lot of head trauma. I was like, I'm over it. This is Been there, done that. Show me some figure skating. <laughs> this might be a shitty, like, this might be a take that's not welcome on this podcast. But I hate Florence Pugh. What? Less Florence Pugh. Like, you can't I, tell. Kira's did, did right you see here. Little women? Kira's right here. Uh, I saw yeah, Little Women. She had Florence a better Pugh. nose. No, we like to I, say that we're Florence Pugh and Orson Welles. Yeah, that was like what we put on our. Like, <laughs> I'm Orson Welles from like, like one angle, but any other. <laughs> time, not. Dude, I just like the fl- stop trying to shove Florence Pugh down our throats, like. The second she started doing that Instagram cooking show after she moved into Zach Braff's house, I just. I she's not welcome. She's not welcome in my barbecue. <laughs> she's not welcome in your Toretto family barbecue. No. Okay. Yeah. Just make sure. She's okay. not there. Yeah. When we're on Brian's roof, she is not invited. I think we need to do a. We need to get Sophie or like you guys back on for like Fast Five or something because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want to do Tokyo Drift, dude. If we're not talking Han, I don't want to talk. We covered oh, that one. Oh yeah. fuck! When oh, you did. Yeah. Hey, you did. Yeah. I remember because I I did I listened to that one. Shit. Okay. Well, we can do Fast Five. I also would be fine doing like you know. Have you done Fast One? We have. Yeah. yeah we did. We've only done we're one. We're go. Three. We yeah. skipped two. <laughs> we're trying to go in order so that Adam can motivate me to watch them. Literally, he has yeah. like a specific schedule in mind to give me like deadlines to watch them. I have it yeah. for this Scream, so she can like do the Scream movies before Scream Five. Yeah. Um, it, it's all this. Well, oh, this when entire is Scream pot, Five coming out? Uh, next January. Um, so I can't wait. I love Scream. I. I Kira, have you not seen Scream? I oh, have no, seen sh- all of them. I've seen the first one like a million times. Yeah. And then like I just Have you seen saw... the fourth one? No, not yet. I I was telling That's my that's my second favorite one. Me too, yeah. dude. Yeah. I was telling her because I'm like, I think you'll like we're gonna have the most to talk about with Scream 4 because Yeah. I don't wanna spoil it, but like it's yeah. Scream five, I don't know what they're gonna do with it because Scream Four feels so ahead of its time. Um, and yeah. it still holds up today. Like if you made it today, yeah. it would still be relevant, which I love. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what they do with it. Me too. 
I like how we're just doing like a horror talk on Ice Princess. Yeah. I love this. We went from like the bloody feet to horror talk. In it general. is body horror. I'm just like quiet for the we first should design, half of this pod. And just, like, I would unleash. like to design this for the release. Instead of a saw, like I'm gonna redesign the saw p- poster, but it'll just be her bloody foot. <laughs> it'll say Ice Princess. The saw. Oh, I also remember this. A saw tagline that freaked me out. That I was also like, oh, was I think it's Saw Five, and the tagline is "He saved me" or something. Yeah. Like that freaked me out. So for for this one, it could be it could be Ice Princess, and then the bloody foot. It could say she saved, saved me. me. <laughs> Kim Cattrall saved me. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I think what I was going to say before um, was you could probably like put those tags somewhere like anonymously and be like, try and guess what movie this is. And the amount yeah. of guesses that you will get will just like be so off of what this movie actually is. Yeah. Like it literally just sounds like the inclusion of like bloody feet and camcorder, like just make it sound like a horror movie. (laughs) Can I also say, I think Zamboni would be a good jigsaw trap. Oh yeah. Okay. This the Zamboni it's for, (laughs) it's for greedy, greedy ice skate rink owners. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I think the thing is you, they jigsaw freezes you under the ice. Right. And then you have to figure out a way to get out before the Zaboni keeps going back and forth until eventually it like crushes your face. Dude, are you I'm gonna write a song? Nightmares. Yeah, tonight. you gotta, you gotta we submit gotta... that as a saw trap. Yeah, yeah. I think Chris, that's how Chris <laughs> Rock. I'm gonna text spiral. Jigsaw right now. This is this is exactly what Chris Rock did. He saw Ice Princess, then he went to Lionsgate and he got Spiral Made. You need to do the same thing. Like you need to. <laughs> this. this is fucking. That's, I... I love that. How did you come up with that so fast, Franny? Like, I'm, yeah, concerned. I'm concerned. Well, because, okay, like, because the TikTok, the, the TikTok saw content, there's a few very funny people. If you guys are on TikTok, their name is, it's non-binary new metal is their name, but they, they come up with a lot absolutely of, absolutely like, not. Saw I but then I saw okay. this other person who was like, um, just the, the inclusion of the phrase greedy blank made me laugh so much like this trap is for greedy podcasters <laughs> it's you have to talk into a mic but the mic has a spike in it and if you talk too loud it'll come out and kill you like that that logic <laughs> is what i think makes saw like in my mind like even though i don't want to see it because of the gore like a little bit bearable because i'm like that's funny to me <laughs> yeah it's just like especially what if what if the thing you did was actually bad? Yeah. <laughs> it's literally that. like there's some logic in this like in the other where like they're just unbeatable traps. And you're like you're just like putting them in a no win situation. Like you're preaching right. about like morality and like teaching them a lesson. Like if they can succeed, they'll have like a newfound like purpose in life. But like no one can like escape these traps. It makes zero sense. Like there's a trap right. in I don't want to spoil it, like in Spiral. There's one specific trap that. No one could win. Like it's it makes no sense. Is this the Zamboni? It's it is the Zamboni. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to break it to you. I, I was wanting you to like believe that you could get it, but yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's the new skates. <laughs> yeah. And oh I didn't God. I didn't want to say it, but Michelle Trackenberg is in spiral. That is her yeah. uh newest performance. Oh she plays God. Jigsaw. <laughs> she is Jigsaw, yeah. Uh, to get revenge on a <laughs> the sport of ice skating in general. Um, yeah, I think a Zamboni would be a good trap because I feel like Zambonis are always, like, kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, even though they move, like, really slow, like, I just feel like they're, like, just, like, they're just, like, death traps. And just, like, know. knowing that they, like, melt ice and then, like, refreeze it is, like, very concerning to me. 
Like, I feel I like you... if somebody was, like, hit by one of those, even though it's going, like, a mile an hour, like, they're gone. Well, that's why the boyfriend yells at Michelle Trachtenberg to get off the ice because she, like an idiot, it's like she doesn't see the fucking, like, giant robot beast, like, cutting up the ice. <laughs> she goes onto the ice just to, like, free skate while the Zamboni's going. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she's like, I'm just having fun. And it's like, <laughs> girl, you don't go out in front of a car. Like, you do the same thing to a Zamboni. Fucking idiot. I I know, Kira, that you hate Deadpool. But that is one scene in Deadpool that I think is pretty funny. Like, he, he like, traps somebody on the ice with a Zamboni. But then, like, it it pulls back to like a wide shot and he's like at the other end of the rink and he's like about to, he's like at, torturing him for like questions. And I just, I like Zamboni. Like so like Austin Powers be. when he gets You guys are talking about liking Zamboni representation, but yet when I bring up the song, <laughs> I want to drive the Zamboni. Only Kira has like, even like, you know, like a tangential understanding of it. <laughs> No, I'm I'll always put that open. As like the, uh, I'll put that as like the outro song on this episode so that everybody Please. can hear it. We'll force it. That's like our saw trap is like you have to sit and listen to the Zamboni song. <laughs> <laughs> this this trap is for greedy fans of Ice Princess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um, do we have any um, last notes or thoughts on the movie or... Go watch it. If you guys haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a good movie. And I don't think we spoiled that much of the plot with it, so... You don't need to watch this movie. Enjoy. <laughs> yes, you do. No. You do. I'm gonna say that you do need to watch this movie. What are, like, other Z-canon ice skating movies? Like, I know we did Go Figure, but, like, what else is there? Oh, um, by the way, um, I looked up the song. It is in the movie Go Figure, and it's by Everlife, and I've never <gasps> seen that movie... Oh. But it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely on like my like girls rock CD. I I remember that because I remember um, the commercials for Disney Channel. They had like the go figure music video during the commercial breaks in 2005. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I remember the band was like playing on the ice or something. (laughs) Okay, so girls Disney, it was actually called Disney Girls Rock. Mm -hmm. So this was Mm -hmm. Girls Rock was a collection of songs specifically in uh, Disney movies. Yeah. There's some good ones on here. Ultimate. Um, I guess that's it. I remember when they <laughs> gave those, fly. they gave out like sample <laughs> CDs of that, like with your happy meal. If you remember that, like back in like 2005. Yeah. Like uh, kid, it was like, no, it was like the kids rock album, like Disney kids rock or something. Which one has the, um, the Hillary and Haley Duff. We are Siamese, if you please. Oh my god! Oh my god! That just or, not scrubbed from the internet. Side of my brain that I thought was completely gone. <laughs> or um, Miley Cyrus singing Zippity Doodah. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> Happy is rolling over in his grave right now. The only Happy. one that I can, the only one that I really like remember specifically is Orlando Brown from That's So Raven, like rapping super califragilistic. Yep. Um, <laughs> what about um? Which one was the Lou Lou Vega like a little Mambo bit of Disney? Five. Yeah, but, but like, it was the, it was yeah. like Mickey number five. Yeah, it was like a little <laughs> bit of Mickey. a little bit of goofy in my life. <laughs> I was I was sad here. I know you're a PTR fan as well, and on um they talked about like what is it Mickey unwrapped. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's like a Mickey Mouse rap album, and unfortunately, that song was not on there. But I really yeah. wish that it was. It was on like a sing along VHS or something that I used to watch in like my music class in elementary school. And then I have no idea what album it was actually on. But it was on a uh, Radio Disney, like on repeat. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> Sophie looks like exhausted. She does not like as how much. As soon as like, this was her out. saw trap, actually, <laughs> like as soon as people start talking about like saw, my mind just like I like I will be suffering for the next several days. Like I'm it's so just sorry. Like, no, it's okay. It's just like I'm like, oh my god, what if I was caught in a saw trap? The, this is the that worst it's horrible. gonna get. You were already. Yeah. You, you got past. You got it. past. <laughs> it. It it. <laughs> the worst it's gonna get is you remembering um, "Zippity Doodah" by Miley Cyrus. That's we the worst. Do, wait. The one that was really also big was um, Lelaine from Hillary Duff show Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> I'm just free associating at this point. <laughs> She sang Cruella de Vil. Yes. And I remember I thought it was really sexy. And I was like literally That's scrolling iTunes for like an hour trying to like remember this girl's name to like download the song onto like my dad's iPod. <laughs> That's yeah. I was like, she has are, you gonna, are we all going to watch? We're all going to be watching the, the Cruella, right? Yeah, I'm buying my tickets no, with my Disney music card this week. We thought about it at some point in the past month. I saw the trailer for it. They played the trailer in front of Spiral for some reason. And um, I guess it's the same thing. Yeah, it really is the same thing. Um, I think it looks kind of fun. I don't know what it's about. I really still don't understand what it is. I mean, it's a fake movie. Like, Adam and I agreed, like, last week. Like, it's not a real movie. It doesn't exist. (laughs) Pretty much any Disney Plus movie original is is a fake movie. I'm convinced it's, like, a money laundering scheme. Like, I... I I said the same thing. (laughs) Because it's, like, they are... They're, like, producering this movie. Like... Like mm-hmm. Nathan Lane, Matthew yeah. Broderick producing this because it's like the trailers are so purposefully like every fucking cut in the trailer is like the worst acting you've ever seen out of <laughs> Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, right? Is the as the other lady mm-hmm. like it's the worst acting you've seen out of uh, any of these women, and it's like they literally are using like horrible angles, horrible like sound editing. They're literally trying to like make it so that nobody watches or buys this movie. Like, it looks so fucking... Like, not just bad. Like, it would be fine if it was, like, they really swung for the fences and it was just, like, a bad movie. Like, it just looks like they put the whole thing together in two weeks and it's gonna be fucking boring. (laughs) It's also, like, it looks like it's gonna be, like, kind of, like, the impact that, like, the Alice in Wonderland like 2010 had like in terms of like fashion and aesthetics um because I'm already getting emails from literally every single store I've ever subscribed to their email list of that they're doing like collabs with it and they're like trying to make it like I'm googling hot topic Cruella right yeah like like her universe has like a gown like um rag and bone like I got an email from them and it was like oh like new Cruella collection and I was like oh that's kind of (laughs) cute like they have like a tweed like skirt suit and I look at it it's like Sally Hansen Target yeah it's like a thousand dollars for like this Cruella branded like suit like it's ridiculous so like what how is it gonna end is it just gonna end with her like killing dogs like I don't understand 
understand. Well, like, yeah, that was we got this. Um, I bought this. I you know, and I'm like not like that into Disney, but I was like, I heard that this was like a good like role playing game or like strategy game, like Villainous, which is a board game. Mm-hmm. And I it, basically there's you can play as several different villains, and they all kind of have their uh different strategies and i did see someone comment like you can't obviously you cannot put corella de in this because it would be like how many can you kill five puppies like before uh <laughs> yeah. the other people beat you in this game well i i really feel like just like the con like the conceit of like a, a corella movie is like just throwing like random darts at a board in the disney hq it's just like what can we like do a solo movie for i'm like yeah the woman who just kills dogs like yeah. we don't need a villain yeah. or we don't need a Joker origin for Cruella. Like to me, it seems like they started with like, okay, we want to do something highly stylized, and then they worked backwards. <laughs> like they started right. with some like <laughs> images of like people in couture gowns, and they were like, okay, so how do we like connect this to an existing <laughs> Disney IP? Because like God knows we will never make an original movie ever again. I, like it could. We want a movie. That if Project Runway was still airing, they would have to do a challenge based on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I'm a little interested, aside from like Emma Stone, is because uh, I think his name is Craig Gillespie, who did, who's the director. He has like a pretty solid track record. Like his Fright Night remake, I love. That's a really fun movie. Um, and like Lars and the Real Girl, he also did with Ryan Gosling, which is just a mm-hmm. super weird movie, but I quite enjoy it. So like maybe he'll be able to do something. Like Fright Night was also a Disney joint, and that was pretty good. So I don't know. We'll see. It's getting like good reviews, but every single person that yeah, I've it seen review it nothing. is like a Disney plant. Like you yeah, know, you means... can just like click on like a like journalist's account, and it's just like they are a Disney plant. Yeah, it, it it means nothing because like even like when a Marvel or like a Star Wars movie gets like good reviews, it's like it it's not really. I'm sure it's like good, but like it doesn't mean it's gonna be like the best one. Like all my yeah. favorite Marvel movies got like middling reviews when they like with the Twitter reactions, and then it ends up being my favorite one. So it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. What an ice princess. <laughs> yeah. What an ice princess pod. <laughs> I you got you got all the <laughs> thank hard, you guys for having us on yeah yes, thank course. you so much this i enjoyed it fun. i yeah i'm just so happy that like this was the one that you guys brought to us because this was definitely one that i've been wanting to cover for a while and i'm happy we did yeah um, it's it's a good one yeah. it's cemented in the in the z canon exactly it it's it's nice for once for like me to not like have to make Kira watch something for the first time. Like this is my first time watching it, which I I'm I'm yeah. pleased by. Like I'm glad that I was able to experience it. Yeah, definitely. It's good. It's good. All right. So you had plugged it earlier on, but just so you have all your info in one place, do you want to plug the pod? Yeah. So you can find us. The best place to find us is either Twitter, or Instagram, because you can find links to all of our stuff there. So find us at Girls Like Us Show on either Twitter or Instagram, your platform of choice. Um, we do a lot of fun stuff there. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girls like us show. If you're already a listener and you want more content, we do two or three exclusive episodes a month on the Patreon. Um, and they are, you know, pretty weird, pretty rambling. Um, and then, yeah, you can check out our website at girlslikeus.show. 
and send us a message there. We have like a little reader response form if you want to send us like something you would like us to cover, just like maybe, I don't know, a random thought you have about like a jigsaw trap. Uh, <laughs> we will be happy to scroll through and read it. A click themed saw trap. Yeah. yeah. That would be I mean Massey Block would end up making Jigsaw cry, right? Like, yeah, probably. She would, <laughs> she would then become the alpha. And in fact she would become she would become an impressions of his and then she would overtake him because she needs the power. I mean, yeah, and she has that mind, right? Like she like to teach a lesson. She yeah. has that mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I um yeah, so Girls Like Us is one of my favorite podcasts, honestly. Definitely am so excited whenever an episode comes out and I just like plan my day around like when can I wear headphones and like <laughs> not to be like so sweet. <laughs> but yeah, and I also recommend the Patreon because um I got one of my friends into your podcast and I didn't realize how deep into your podcast she was. And then one morning she texted me about something that you guys had said on the Patreon. And I was like, ah, a woman of taste, you pay for the Patreon. <laughs> so, Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. It's that's like, it's honestly frightening to me to hear that people are like having private conversations about what goes on <laughs> on our Patreon. <laughs> Because truly, so like, and I assume we just release it like, and it's like, <laughs> no, that's how I feel too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really funny, but yeah, definitely all loving conversations. We're not like, damn, I, this episode fine. sucks this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much, and thank you guys, yeah, yeah. thank you. This was so fun. We got to get you guys on to maybe we can cover like. I don't know. Like, I feel like there are a lot of decoms that would work very well as an overlap. Yeah, yeah. Between, we'll we'll have to brainstorm a little bit. It'd be fun. So you guys can follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon. Follow us on Instagram at Zillennial Canon. Um, follow me on Twitter at Garlic Emoji and Adam. Um. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. And you know what? Aggressively Okay Productions. We won. The Florida Film Slam with our short film Spike. Yay. Um, nice. It makes no sense that we won. We literally beat a movie about like teach, like a documentary about teachers teaching in the pandemic. Like our dumb movie with like cum jokes won. So like that's really fun and like it's surprising the Fuck audience teachers. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we won and uh, that movie is available on. YouTube, if you just go to our YouTube page, uh, just search Aggressively Okay Productions and it's on there. I'll link um, it in the episode notes too. Yeah, please. We're It's a stupid movie, but we're extremely proud of it. So, I, and also, like, some people, like, friend of the pod Ernie from We Bought a Mic, he showed up surprisingly. So, mm-hmm. for anyone that's listening and was there to support us at the theater that day, thank you. That It really made my day. Can I help you? Looked at him and said, Yes, you can. Yeah, I wanna drive the Zamboni. Yeah, I wanna drive the Zamboni. Yes, I do.
Yeah.